Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hi, you're listening to Fashion Unzipped. I'm your host, Charlie Gowans Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. In this new mini-series, I'm looking at the realities of working in fashion, talking to different women about days in their lives. Today's guest does a job that didn't really exist 10 years ago. Lindsay Holland is a blogger, Instagram influencer, and co-host of the Things You Can't Ask Your Mum podcast. Lindsay, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. That blogger, that job didn't exist, what, 15 years ago? Absolutely not, no. (laughs) It's a very, very new thing for me as well, too. And... From someone who has been a physiotherapist for most of her life, it's a very, very strange adaptation, um, especially because it was my hobby and my hobby is now turned into a full-blown business. And it was always something that I didn't even anticipate that it could ever make money. It was just something that I did because I loved it. So I feel very lucky. <laughs> so it started as a hobby. How long ago was this? God, I think I've had it now. I think it's six years um, and all the while it was alongside um, me training as a physio and practicing as a physio. So it kind of crept up on me in a way. And in the beginning, was it just kind of a f- almost writing to a few of your friends about what yeah, you were wearing? For sure, yeah. Who and were you aiming at? I wasn't even, so I'd read an article in Vogue about blogs and about how they can be such a um, a great source of creativity and and inspiration and I was literally at this point in my life drowning under uh, books of human anatomy because I was ex- um, revising for all of my exams and my practical exams and I just needed some kind of creative outlet and I can't paint, I can't draw, that kind of thing but I really do love style and fashion, I love getting dressed and that's been the same since I was in football kits at the age of like 12, 13. I had to have everything no matter what it was, <laughs> I was like really into it um, and so I just, I'd read this article and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start this blog. And what I did was take pictures on my on my iPhone, I think it was at the time, a Blackberry or something, um, of new things that I was buying or wanting or screenshotting things. Um, and I was just putting that on, on the blog and it was just images at the time because I was like, oh, this is a really nice kind of collage of digital things and things that I like and it might be a bunch of flowers or it might be my new Michael Kors watch as it was at the time. Um 
And it just grew from there. And I started to understand that the reason I wanted to do it was because of personal style and the way I got dressed. So then I started making my boyfriend at the time take pictures of me in the garden, but headless me. So nobody could identify me. Um, And it was just about the clothes I was wearing and how I'd styled it. And it was all, you know, a few sentences here and there. No links or anything like that. Just literally, this is what I'm wearing today. Um, And the blog designer's like now to me quite hysterical it was black and orange <laughs> like it was very in your face <laughs> like no, not my aesthetic now at all um but I didn't know anything about coding or anything like that it was just a space really no frills just for me to kind of brain dump all my creative things and when you started it did you have an awareness that people were starting to make money from blogs that this could be not at all, no, not at all. Um, I think I didn't even know that um, brands would kindly send you things in the post to wear. And I think what, one of the first brands that did send me something was a fast fashion brand based in Manchester because I'm a Manchester girl and that's where I was living at the time. And I was like, Mum, you will never guess what arrived today. This big haul of clothes. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and I was so excited about it. And it was like su- such kindness. And I didn't know that existed. And then obviously, the more you start to understand it, with anything, like with any hobby, the more you get into it, you I started getting invited to events or like, and you know, a goodie bag. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at all this skincare in here. Like, this costs so much money. I don't have to buy this now because I've got this has last me for months. And it was all just these little things along the way. And I've always, always been um, feeling very lucky about it all because it's a bit of a mental job, isn't it? If we're being honest. Um, And it just kind of went from there. And I didn't know that money would ever come into it ever, ever. Um, And I can't, I can't really pinpoint the minute that, I was trying to think about this the other day, actually, about the minute that something happened and I was like, okay, this needs, you know, this is a chargeable thing. Um, And I think it really took my peers and people around me that were already doing it full time for me to understand that it could be a business. And then I was like maybe six or seven years into my physio career and I absolutely loved it. Um, But then I got to a point where it wasn't good for my health and I was like my skin was grey I was absolutely exhausted in early leaving late because we didn't have the funds because I was working on an NHS ward to give me any more staff and just before I turned 30 I handed my notice in and was like I just need to go like I'm not really sure what's going to happen here and it turned out that the more I put into my blog the more I got out of it um And that wasn't because I was trying to make it a business. It was just the way it happened. And I was offered paid opportunities. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is great. (laughs) I can do this. This is fine. Um, But that's not to say that it was easy either. That was a real financial stress at the time because I came from a salaried income with holidays and knowing exactly that, you know, what was coming in every month and that I could pay my rent, my bills and book my holidays and save my spends to not knowing when my invoices were going to be paid, not knowing where my next job was coming from. And that, you know, that was a really difficult part of it all. And did you build your following up? Was it the blog mainly or did Instagram make a big difference? I think, yeah, it was always my blog first um, and that's that's still my biggest source of traffic. Then my Instagram came along and then now I have a YouTube channel too um, and that's growing nicely and it's just another way to communicate with followers or an audience, really. Um, I feel like it. I try and keep it all together in, in, in sort of like um, a... Hang on, sorry, what am I saying? No, I'll just leave that bit out. That wasn't really the right train of thought. Um, what did I say before that? It was blog first, 
Yeah. On Instagram than YouTube. Yeah, that's all I had to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of actually turning it into a business. Yeah. When you handed in your notice yeah. at your NHS job, mm-hmm. did you have a business plan? Did you know how to invoice people? How did you work all of that out? Oh, God. No, the answer is absolutely not. But I, I had a really lucky break in that I had a friend who was really looking out for me and she was like, you are busy. You are managing these things. I'd had to ask my mum and dad own a business and so they had helped me with the invoicing side of things. Uh, and it's not something I've ever been privy to before so I really had to learn quickly on that front but the friend um, I was talking about just now is the person that put me in touch with an agent who they were just starting their talent division of um, looking after influencers bloggers whatever that kind of creative talent and it was at the exact same time that I was going freelance into into trying to make this a business Um, and actually in all of that I had never anticipated that I wouldn't go back to physio I thought I was going to have a break but I got so busy, I've never looked back. I've not actually ever, ever sat down and thought, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go back to physio now. Because this kind of lifestyle has given me so much more balance and so much more um, breathing room in my mental health. Uh, and I think that's been a really, really important thing for me in my life. Um, and so I set off on this new journey with Agent in tow. And we've just had this amazing relationship for the last couple of years and they have taught me so much. And they also take the pressure off in terms of the real nitty gritty businessy bits. I mean, I have a business plan now and I have strategy and things like that for going forward for the years ahead. But they handle the invoicing and the money sides, which I am in- eternally grateful for because I am the worst person you'll ever meet with maths, numbers, anything like that. <laughs> so what's an average day in your life? An average day. If there um, are average days, which there probably It does are. vary, but when I'm at home, so yeah, if I'm working from home... I would normally get up about half seven, which I think is quite late for some people, but I love a lion. Um, so I get up about half past seven. I'll open my laptop, put the co- put the kettle on for a brew, a cup of tea, and then um, I have this little probiotic that I have to take and I have to wait 10 minutes before I eat after it. So then I do that first and then I make my breakfast ready after that. And I'll sit and I'll look at my emails or look at my to-do list or make a to-do list so that it, I feel like all of the things that might be a little bit daunting for that day or you know the things that you want to put off I I would like tackle those first Um, and then I'll go and get showered dressed and then come and tackle the bad ones first and then just go through my to-do list for the day but I'll always for lunchtime move away from my office have something to eat or go for a walk and then come back to it Um, I'll also swim probably most days um, and we've got my, my partner's family are all out that way and we've got little nieces and nephews so um, I always love a day when I get to go and see them for a couple of hours as well so I just try and make it feel really balanced for me and that I'm like the happiest I can be in my job every day and yeah there are stressful times and yep sometimes jobs don't go to plan and brands brands push back or don't like the content that you've created even though you sent them a flipping mood board and sometimes you just have to roll with it and it's frustrating like any job um it's not all glamorous and it's not all loads of money and this and the other it's it's hard work it's graft and I just have to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do because it's my business to to make me the happiest during it and I think that's a real luxury because I never thought I'd be able to work for myself so it sounds incredibly balanced now and incredibly well, idyllic, really, that yeah. you're kind of in the countryside and you can walk and you can swim. Yeah. I'm imagining it wasn't always like that and Absolutely that you've not. gotten to, you've actually, <laughs> you've worked to get to this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I lived in London for five years and the reason we moved out is because it was all just feeling a little bit much and I um, was struggling to have the separation from what was living my life online um, to running in and out of time because, town sorry, because it was so accessible. I'd be in and out for meetings, yep, for a coffee, yep, for a lunch. I've not done any work all day because I've been in and out catching up with people that might not even come into fruition for a professional work thing. Um, and so I really had to look at my priorities. And then on the other hand, there was my boyfriend who was also like, can we go back to the countryside? And I was like, okay, fine. So it's been the best decision ever. And I feel like it's given me clarity. I feel like I'm the strongest I've ever felt about my brand and most confident in it because I've got kind of some separation from it now too. So when I come into London, I'm like head on professional lens. Not that I'm not professional in the countryside, but I'm just a bit more relaxed. (laughs) And what about your travel schedule? Because I imagine with fashion weeks and and shooting abroad, there's a lot of that for you. Yeah, absolutely. I've just come back from Copenhagen Fashion Week and I was there for five nights and it just felt like five months. Um, It was, yeah. And (laughs) online, I've spoken to people since I've been back and they were like, how was it? And I was like, not great, mate. And they were like, what? It looked so good online. And I'm like, God, that's like the age old thing of how everything can look so good online. But actually, in reality, you've had a bit of a shocker and nobody will see that. Um, so yeah it can be really grueling in terms of especially over fashion month but I just opt in and out of what I think is appropriate for me to do I won't be doing any more of fashion month now Um, and travelling Travelling with brands and for for projects is always great. And because a lot of the time, my friends are on the same trip, so that's great. So it's just me and the girls and it's all fab. But there is a level of expectation, a level of, you know, understanding that you're at work. It's not just a jolly. You can't just have a couple of sangrias and a pizza and lie on the beach all day. You're there to shoot content. You're there to build relationships with brands. You're you're there to, you know, you've got to socialise with people you've maybe never met before. Um, and all of those things can be quite exhausting when you're giving so much and your energy is kind of um, taken from you in a way that you're not used to with just being at home with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I can find it quite tough. Um, I've been through spells where I've travelled so much, I've been so poorly, but you learn from those mistakes because you can't do everything. And, you know, if you're starting out in this kind of world, you want to say yes to everything because you think, yeah, yeah um, you think everything is an opportunity, but not everything is. and You've got to remember that your health, your mental health and how you feel has got to come first. Otherwise, what are you doing it for? Because you're not your best self, are you then? So what are the hard bits that we wouldn't see looking at your blog or your Instagram? I think certainly certainly travel and absolutely money. Um, So at the very beginning... (laughs) <laughs> once your security of salary has been taken away from you and you're like, um, because your invoices are obviously usually a 30-day period. Some are 60, some are 90 days, which I just don't mess about with because I'm like, I'm not waiting 90 days for you to pay me, mate. I literally can't. <laughs> um, so I really found that difficult at the beginning. Um, I did have to borrow money from my mum and dad to tide me over until I got paid because then once you get paid, it's all fine. Um, I had to get an accountant, all of these things that I'm not used to. And, you know, the money is good in in what I do. Um, but when people aren't paying you on time, it can really leave you up the creek without a paddle. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, if you weren't paid your salary this month, what are you going to do? It's the same for me, just because people think we earn an absolute fortune, which, okay, I earn more money now than I did as a physiotherapist. But it comes in peaks and troughs. Like there are quiet times in the year. There are really busy times in the year. And we get paid in lump sums. But we've still got 
all the daily costs to to manage. And I don't live a frivolous life. Like, you know, I have the the odd designer handbag that I'll save up like anybody else would for. And I try and be really sensible with money because I'm not good with money. Like never have been notoriously not good. Would always borrow pocket money off my little brother. (laughs) It was so much better. And I've just, I've just never been that good with it. And so actually being paid in lump sums works better for me because I'm like, okay, we're, we're safe. We're in the safe zone again. But I have this thing in my head where I can't have, I can't go below a certain amount in my bank account. Otherwise it really, really, really stresses me out. Um, so now I think once that, now that rule's in place, I feel so much better about things. But still, like, it, you know, this year so far has been fine. This has been the first year that I've been more sensible with money and have been able to tide myself over. And like, I'm now, I was speaking to my agent this morning and I was like, mate, we're, we're like two weeks overdue from three jobs here. And she's like, I know I'm chasing them, but they just don't give a crap. That's the thing. Like, they don't care. <laughs> I've delivered my work. Everything's done. It's all been signed off. And you have not paid me for the work that I've done. Like, what is so difficult about that? So that's that's the thing that I think is really stressful, money. Is it difficult to separate yourself? When you're seeing kind of everyone with this designer handbag on yeah. Instagram, is it se- is it difficult to kind of say to yourself, oh, you just can't afford that? I can't have that. There was a time that absolutely, yes. I'd be like, well, I obviously need one of those now because that's everywhere and that's the thing that I need to do. But as I've gotten older... And now I've been doing it for a little while. I just, I feel like I'm in more of my own lane and I like what I like and I can appreciate what people have. But I also understand that not everybody's pot is the same and not everybody's lifestyle is the same. So I think it's better for me now in my, like in my mental health because it used to cause a lot of problems and it still will for, for lots of people. And that mean, it doesn't mean that it will never cause me a problem again because I'll fall off a wagon now and again and be like, oh God, the comparison thing, like the comparison trap that we all fall into as a direct result of Instagram. Um, whether you, you're on there as an influencer blogger or whether you've just, you know, it's your mates and you're like, oh God, look what they're doing and I'm not there. It's just awful. <laughs> so you've just got to really rein it in. That's another difficult thing about being online and living your life online is that you can fall into these comparison things and it's not a good, not a good headspace to be in. So you just have to recognise it, understand it and take a step back for your own good and come back when you're feeling fresh. No one will miss you. People understand and respect that you've got to have your time apart from the internet. Um, And yeah, you've just got to do what's best for you. So do you have kind of safeguards in place to stop yourself feeling less than when you're looking at other people's successes or other people's Yep, it's usually Yeah, it's usually I come off and I go for a walk or I just mute people for a while. (laughs) I've got loads of people on mute. (laughs) It just means it's not as offensive as blocking someone or like unfollowing someone, which could cause an uproar. Even though you you should be able to curate your feed as as you know as you want, and there are there are people that really champion that. But you know, I've unfollowed people recently, and then I get an email or a, a DM saying, "Oh, I've noticed you unfollowed me." I'm like, "Hey, why have you got your? Uh, why are you looking at who's unfollowing you? Because that's not good for your mental health. B, it's not the end of the world, and you just you know, you've really got to curate." curate it it's your space it's your feed why have you you know it's not anything personal it's like I just don't find that inspiring so I'm not going to see that I don't want to see that but the people that are on mute are the people that bug me but you know still seeing circumstances all the time and you just literally couldn't unfollow them because it would be really awkward (laughs) (laughs) you talked about going on trips with your friends yeah because obviously you've become friends I guess with people who are doing the same job as you um how does that work because I have been on trips with bloggers and Instagram influencers before who 
it seemed like quite a lonely life because you've got to go to all the parties and the drinks and the I'm probably having room service in my hotel and writing a report mm. but you've got to go and get content and take pictures and and be sociable yeah is it quite a lonely oh yeah and honestly without my friends that I've made along the way I don't know if I could do this job because I'm so used to being in a teamwork environment through physio and always having people there and I am such a social person. Like, I, I get energy from people. But, um, and my friends joke with me because I'm a Leo and they're like, oh, Jesus, it's Leo season. Here she goes. But I, even at, at events and things like that, at the very beginning, I would be really, really nervous to go on my own. But then I've been invited by the brand or invited by the, you know, the people that are organising it. And I've got a job to do whilst, when I'm there, but I don't know a soul. So I'm just there taking pictures and then I scarp her off. And it's just awful. It feels awful awful especially if the reception isn't very warm either because it can be a clicky industry we know that um so yeah you've just got to keep your mates around you so is that a divide between kind of old and new is that do you see tensions between different levels of influences or yeah for me I mean I'm not you know I'm not the pinnacle of information on this subject and I'm also not um in the business of making things a higher, like making a hierarchy out of things when there doesn't need to be one. But what does frustrate me is like the younger generation coming through and wanting to do the sorts of things that we do in terms of like how we've managed our business and how we've grown it and how it always was a hobby because we've loved it so much. And then it turned into something off the back of that is the, is the younger generation coming through, seeing what we've done and just wanting to leave school and kick it off into a business. Um, it's not easy and and you also have you have to put you have to do your years like you have to do your time of like earning respect growing relationships creating an audience being transparent being um you know I don't know kind online and it's not always the way that people go about it and that's frustrating for me but in terms of me and others like I don't feel like that anymore because I feel like I've made I'm in my own lane I've made my path I'm happy I've got my relationships I know what I'm doing so if people have got a problem with me then that's not my problem it's their opinion and I'm it's none of my business but I think that really that that strong sense of knowing who you are comes as you get older for sure and is there a lot of diva behavior I mean there can be it's mental like it makes me like laugh out loud it's so funny. It's such a funny industry. But I'm lucky to be surrounded by people who have got their feet firmly on the ground, that have done things before, that are just really sound, lovely girls, and I literally don't know what I'd do without them now. What about when you switch off? Because mm-hmm. when you go on holiday, say, yeah. with your boyfriend, yeah. are you asking him to be a bit of an Insta-husband and take <laughs> outfit of the day pictures and, you know, capture that sunset and you in your bikini... Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but so uh, me and James have had a, a, a torrid time trying to get this like Instagram boyfriend thing um, down because he would get really frustrated with me if I was, we, we, where did we go? We went on holiday to Mauritius, which was absolutely beautiful, but it was flipping boiling. And I was like, right, babe, I've just got to take this picture. And it's just my one a day. But I had to really sugarcoat everything I was asking him to do because he was like, this is my holiday. <laughs> I do not want to be stood in the blazing sun taking a picture of you in your bikini. 
Um, so we limited it to like one a day and because I'm so quick, like, but he wanted me to get the location done, be ready. And so he just had to be in a position with a camera. He t- took the shot and that was the end of the story because I had him all over. I was like, oh, this corner owner doesn't feel right. And he's like, Lindsay, this is your bloody job. Go and sort your shit out and then come back to me when you've got it all set up so and we'll do like it. location recce Yeah, I have to recce, I have to be ready <laughs> and then we have to get it done. But a lot of the times, like, I can do... I don't know. When I'm on holiday, I'm so much more chilled and I want to document it from a place of, oh, I'm really having a lovely time and I love this dress and I'm with my parents or whatever and I'll put bits and bobs on, but it won't, I won't be online the whole, whole time and I'm barely on my phone because you're at the beach and you can't see your phone anyway, which is a godsend. Um, so I think that certainly changes. I've gotten older as well because I used, it used to be relentless. I'd be like, oh, I'm on holiday. Oh my God. Uh, this means I have to post a couple of times a day and like the daytime, evening outfit and all of this in between and the panic of it all. But now I'm like, oh, I really, really save my holidays. So I'll limit it and we'll do it before before we chill. So I'd like get up in the morning, have breakfast, be ready in what I need to shoot, shoot it, done, sorted. And like we ne- never speak about it again. It takes 10 minutes. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So the tensions are minimised. Yes. In terms of where you want to be in 10 years or 20 years, I mean, we can't imagine now because 20 years ago we couldn't have imagined blogging and Instagram. But how are you future-proofing your career? God, this is so difficult. Um, So like I say, I've got a podcast. Um, I would absolutely love to do more in terms of broadcasting. Um, And... I don't know, because it's so difficult to to, to foresee what's going to happen. That this everybody's always threatening that Instagram's going to go down the pan, and but nobody knows how it's going to go. So, I mean, I'm always a physio. That's fine, <laughs> but I think I need to. I would like to hone my skills into into broadcasting and into interviewing and into hosting things. And I really, um, I really love that side of of work. And it's not all fashion related either. So. It gives me more. It gives more depth to what I'm doing, and it means that I can kind of have fingers in different pies. And I think that's really important that you can't just be on Instagram because if that goes, it, we don't even own our Instagram um, pages. Our, our fees are not owned by us because we don't pay for them. They could just go. So you've got to really prepare yourself and um, figure out what it is that you love about what you do, and then branch out. So I'm still figuring it out. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, come back to you. (laughs) Come back to you in five years. Knocking on your door for a job. Charlie! (laughs) I think that's all we've got time for. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. You can find out more about Lindsay on Instagram at Ropes of Holland or on her blog, ropesofholland.com. We'll be back soon with a new episode, but in the meantime, visit telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion unzipped sub for 30 days free access to all of our online content. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and thanks for listening. Listener.